Welcome to the Edge of the Sticker podcast with Brad and Bobby Frank. From a, a expectation of what it's like for somebody if they're actually coming to see you or coming to see any therapist, I mean, I assume that, you know, any therapist has his or her own style. Sure. Um, what it's like in the room. Is it casual? Is it conversational? What should you be thinking about if you're considering this? I think that the, the number of styles is probably equal to the number of people who are doing this, but there are certainly schools of thought about how therapy is done and, and best practice. And so, um, the the thing that I would recommend is if you go see how you just see how you feel about this. There, there's an assumption to start with that the person that you're going to see is licensed and is trained and is competent. So I'm, I'm going to leave that as the as the floor as the baseline. Um, and so once that's the case, then it then it's a matter of of that feel. Do you feel more comfortable with somebody who is engaging with you and who's asking a lot of questions and giving feedback? Do you feel more comfortable just having somebody who is um, more along the lines of a teacher giving you assignments and going through workbooks so that you can come up with a, almost a, a numerical way of valuing what it is that that you're accomplishing, you know, is the, is your percentage of the day that you feel anxious? Has it gone down from 30% to 26%? And therefore, you know, we can measure it that way. Um, the different kinds of, of schools of therapy where you have something that's more cognitive behavioral, which is going to have more, more homework, work bookie, um, focus on, on what it is that you're, thinking and how that informs how you're feeling and trying to adjust your thoughts to more, to live a, a happier and less, um, less encumbered life, uh, a psychodynamic kind of a background of the therapist is going to be more free flowing and more about kind of tell me what's going on and let's figure out patterns that are, that have happened in your life. Um, there are, there will be more and less sharing from the therapist about things that have happened in their own life. And you've got to decide whether you're comfortable with that being a part of it or not. Um, you know, really you've got two humans that are in a room together trying to work through issues that, that you bring in and that other person through their training knows what to look for and how to handle whatever it is that you might bring, but they're still humans and are going to be part of, part of that journey with you. So you got to be comfortable with that person. Um, what you see in the movies often is, is psychodynamic or psychoanalysis where the therapist sits quietly and says nothing, uh, makes an, an occasional comment and then the session is over. Uh, that doesn't, that exists, but it is by far not the prevalent way that therapy is done at this point. Um, you also have examples where the boundaries are really poor and the therapist, you know, ends up having a relationship with you that's not therapeutic. Um, does that happen? Of course it does. Is, should it happen? Never. 
Does it happen very frequently? Not very frequently. So, you know, if you feel like there's discomfort in that, then this is not a good place for you to be. And it's probably not a relationship there. But that's another thing that's portrayed within the, um, within the media. So it's, it's really about walking into a room and feeling like you can exhale, like you can be yourself, and like you can experience emotions where there's somebody who's there with you who not only knows how to handle them, but also models that it's okay for you to be whoever you are. It's okay for you to be sad or angry or, or joyous. It's okay for you to have had a tough time in that last conversation or for you to have um, been able to come up with something to say. So it's, it's that comfort level so that you begin to trust enough to start bringing more of that authentic self into the room. You can peel back those layers, find where those tentacles have gotten crossed, get back to where the principle is, and then begin to realize it doesn't have to control your life anymore. It becomes a story. It's something that you can tell, but it doesn't have the emotional um, attachment to it. And once yeah. that happens, you can't unbake the cake. You can't make the thing not have occurred, but it doesn't have that same white knuckle resentment, anger that it had held previously. Do you see when you're over time with patients, is there a shift usually in someone who has just maybe started therapy to where they get comfortable and where like all of a sudden they're free and open and less resistant to sharing. How does that transition sort of happen? I, I definitely see it. It depends. The timing of it, I think, depends a lot on the individual person and what they come in with, come in with, how defended they are and, and resistant to kind of talking about stuff. Um, the, the, the change happens with the trust. The change happens with the consistency of, of me being the same person over and over and over and over again and my reactions being consistent and, um, you know, this being a place that's safe. And so I think you can definitely see a difference from the first, usually to the second or third session, because if they've come back, there is a little bit of that exhale. And then over time, you see it as people are more willing to delve into the real stuff. Um, you know, frequently what you come in with as at the first session is your, the, the way that you've chosen to present what's going on in your life. And there's editing that happens in there. As time goes on, some of that editing fades and we get to see the actual stuff that's going on sometimes in, in the session by the reactions in the session. But oftentimes, you know, just yesterday, somebody said, or I did. And so it's, it's fresh enough and it's, it's current enough that we can look at, okay, well, this was your reaction. How do you feel about that? Would you have redone it? Is there still time to redo it? You know, it only happened yesterday. Could you go back and do this differently and get a different outcome? Um, and then as time passes even further, there's a sense that the people that I'm working with develop what I call a brat in their head. So they don't need me to be the one to suggest, but they've, through our interactions, kind of internalized this way of approaching situations or understanding emotions so that they go through that process without me even being mm. involved. Yeah. 
And that's the ultimate goal because the ultimate goal isn't for them to come see me forever. It's to give them tools and understanding outlook and perspective and context that they take with them and can apply to different situations that they experience every day of their life. So is it usually the patient that says, you know, I think that, that I don't need to come back anymore or is it you? Um, the way that it happens with me normally is I will point out that we've kind of gotten to a place where the, the issues that they came in with are under control and that I'm certainly available if there's other stuff that they think it would be important to, to work on. And that I'm also available going forward. You know, if we decide that we won't see each other every week or every other week, and we'll just kind of go on to an as needed basis that I'm around if, and when there would come a time when I could be helpful yeah. again. So it's, it's usually never a hard, you can never see me again. It's more, we've done the work that, that we decided to do. And now, unless there's more work, then, you know, go and, and live your life with what you've learned and know that there's always this as a support if you ever need it again. It's good stuff. Yeah. You should try it sometime. <laughs> nah, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still some of that. I mean, I think the, the, the wrap up on this is, um, is back to the book and that, that this, this whole concept is certainly discussed in there. And I think we even talk about some, you know, some more ideas and some specifics and some stories about how this does make an impact. Um, but the book in general is a good, it's a good entree. It's, it's kind of a stick your toe in the water kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not you've ever gone to therapy, you know, everybody's got issues that they think about or things that keep them up at night or troubles that worry them, you know, on a continual basis. So I think what's really great about the book and about the, the topics that are in it and the style that it's delivered is that all of this is very approachable and normal and natural. Right. And, you know, everybody's got, everybody's got these issues and everybody thinks about this stuff, um, whether or not they talk about it or discuss it with anybody, a friend, a therapist, a rabbi or a priest, you know, that's, that's their business, but it levels the playing field. And it, it gives you the sense that you're not alone. Um, so if nothing else comes out of the book, that I think that's a really important, uh, that's a really important little piece of the puzzle that, uh, that's a good benefit for reading this thing and for having written it. Yeah, no, I agree that. We're, we're all the same. We're all human. We all have these emotions that sometimes feel overwhelming and we don't always know what to do with it. And so instead of feeling like we're on an island by ourselves with no resources available, let's avail, our, avail of ourselves of those resources, the book being one of them, so that we don't have to suffer yep. alone. Good. All right. We'll wrap it up there then. <laughs>